Hello ladies and gents, you're with Adrianosaurus, I'm the coach of Adrianosaurus Rex for Supercoach BBL and that's another one in the books, round 3 is done and dusted and it's going to be very similar to what we sort of saw in round 1, it's going to be a case of the haves and the have-nots, much like people who VC'd you know, the old Philippi in round one, it's going to be all about did you VC or C maxi this round, the people who did that some 40%, you know, if you make up the captainers and the vice captainers, are going to be happy people in the game, celebrating and cheering, and there's going to be 60% of people that are absolutely kicking themselves. Look, you know, it was a sort of a hit and miss round. You were made up of some great, great scores in there, people that tunned up in the round, and if you got a slice of that action, you were in you know, in happy, happy times, um, you know, and there was plenty of single digits and terrible scores. And, you know, even for myself, for instance, you know, I finished on a thousand and ninety seven, um, but I wasn't without, you know, some really low scores in there as well. You know, Jilks, you know, over the double game round, Joe Clark, what an absolute bludger of a buy he was to start the season. I said he might take the big bash by storm, but look, you know, smart judges said you always got to be, you know, tentative when picking these English batsmen uh, in the big bash, you know, because of the conditions and they're not very good. Uh, and Joe Clark is proving that with these double ducks. Double ducks in a buy round. It's just, he was outscored by Dan Hughes in his single game. Wow. <laughs> Man. But, you know, there was there was some low scores you know, in there. I had I had uh, a few of them myself, you know, even with that 1,097. So, you know, I'm not going to really complain because I still got a good score, didn't I? But, you know, it's just sort of the, you know, that's, that's how the season's been going, really. You have some... Uh, players doing well, and you have, you know, the rest of your team seems to be sort of single digits, you know, I, Tom Curran, can you predict that, you know, the back spasms, and, um, you know, he's going to be a big blow for people scores in this round, of course, but, you know, next week, we're probably running on a shoestring to get a, a team on the park, and a lot of that's going to hinge on whether, Josh Curran makes it up for next game. You know, in case you don't know, he had the back spasms. He did, you know, stay on field, probably, presumably, to bat because he didn't bowl. Um, you know, from what I hear, you know, they can be anything from a short-term couple of hours type thing. If, if the pain goes away, it can be just a little thing like that or it can be something, obviously, that's long-term. We're going to have to wait for news uh, closer to the round four to get get an answer on that you know with Kyron um we'll talk about that when we talk about injuries and ins and outs and whatever but he's gonna you know he was just a two points there was someone who would expect a lot more points from so it's a bit of a topsy-turvy old round um a thousand and ninety seven you know for me it saw me go up the ladder you know at a rate of knots really um which is great because it really says as an overview to people playing super coach all sorts of super coach but in super coach bbl you know hang in there all it takes is to land on a a captain and you can really shoot up the ladder um if you're setting your team up well you know i started the year in 18,000th after round one was my worst start to a super coach season ever uh into 11,000th in round two so i felt like my plan for my team was sort of okay it was working uh and then into this round you know the big monster 1,000 plus score uh you know up 8,000 spots into two you know, into 3,287 overall. So I'm happy with that because the jumps have been really, 
good, um, but just hang in there. You know, you might be still sitting down at 18,000, but if you can jump from 18,000 to 3,000 in two rounds, you know, well, three, three rounds, you know, you can do it as well. So it's just a fickle game like that. You know, you can, one week you're completely down, you're getting a five or 600, and then the next week you land on that, you know, captain. Captains play a big, big role. And if you were someone who landed the Philippi in round one and you landed the Maxwell in, you know, round three, you're, you're probably flying. And that's just the way it is. So, you know, I think that going into this round four, probably there's going to be, Mitch Marsh will be the highest captain to play, you would think, you know, for VCs or Cs, and you probably don't want to play it too cute um, and catch up. You know, there's some people that might have gone Dre Russ in the last round versus a Maxwell, because look, Dre Russ has got huge shoes, X-Factor, and in that first game, you know, he was tonking it everywhere, you know, uh, the big Dre Russ, but he tanked in game two so that's unfortunate you know you got the absolute perfect thing you know that's the that's the perfect model you know you pick someone as your vcc who goes off in both games which is what maxwell did so um look i think you're going into this round four um you know there might be some people that take a, a tickle on munro which i think is uber risky because he is very hit and miss you know and that's sort of like 50 50 for munro um People might go on Mills, you know, Mills, you say, because he did say after the game that he can't travel to WA, so he will miss game one of their two double game round round, but there is a rumor that that game is going to be moved um, to Hobart, so Mills, if he's available for both games, he looks every bit a great option for teams, you know, when you're looking at it in a really simple sense, uh best batter and best bowler from the team. There's some really good bowling options, I think, for the Perth Scorchers. Obviously, AJ Ty has been great. Berendorf has been great. Um, but Mills, you know, you take a look at what he's been doing in recent times. He's a much improved bowler. Um, you know, we all think back to his time at the Hurricanes and we say he's rubbish. Um, but he turned up on the weekend and he's got some wheels on him. He looks like he's added a few feathers to his cap and he's bowling in the right parts of the game. He looks every bit a, an improved bowler and a premium option, I think, for this round four double. But anyway, we'll get to that stuff as well. But look, you know, the round, I think if you, you know, if you were a, a Maxwell, a VC or a Cer, you know, you've probably gone and had a nice jump up in the ladder. Uh, shout out to Jake from the Supercoach Experience is sitting in 12th overall. That's Supercoach Experience, mate. They have the winner of NRL Supercoach last year, Tim Moody, the, the wonderful shady lurker. And this year, Jake is really fighting for the top spot up there uh, in 12th overall. So good luck. I'll got my fingers crossed for you, Jake, that you take it all the way, champ. This is awesome. Um, yeah, so let's move on to the talking points for the round. Look, it was all about Maxi, wasn't it? The return of the big show. Um, he absolutely nailed it. You know, what, perfect what you want from your, your captain or your VC in the double game round. 87 in game one, 150 in game two for a total score of 237 in the in the round. Now, that's what dreams are made of when they're the, your VC and C. 40% of people were, you know, had Maxwell as the C or they VC'd him. You know, so yeah, it surprises me that Maxwell at 65% you know, owned wasn't 65% VC'd and, and seed, but some people went the pod route and, then, and they'll probably be kicking themselves right now. Um, the other news of the round was the big bison, Mitch Marsh, back into the game after doing his quarantine and wasn't he sensational? He was absolutely thumping it, you know, and 
I sort of, in my team personally, I wanted to bring in a scorcher for last round, you know, in preparations for teams. I went Mitch Marsh first. My main reason for doing so was simply because he was great value. I was going to start the season with him because I thought his role was fantastic, uh, and, and that didn't change. You know, I, I thought what I saw in the World Cup, his batting has really come a long, a long way. I probably thought that he was going to bowl, which he didn't do in that game. Now, hopefully in round four, he might roll the arm over for a couple, but just on the batting alone uh, and where he bats in that team, um, you know, I brought him in and, you know, he absolutely slayed it. 150 plus points. Um, he's not going to be out of reach for pricing, you know, for you into this next double game round four. And he will be, you know, the hugely traded in player, probably first choice for everyone of Scorchers to bring into your team. Um, and I'm sure he'll be the highest captain you know, next round as well. So, you know, in the instance of, um, you know, Philip, he was a good VC. And look at him, he's taking this tournament by storm, including this week. Um, you know, and I think that Maxwell was a pretty obvious, you know, in, in round two, it was probably Rashid was the off, obvious pick. And some people took the pod route on Matt Short and you would have won. You know, some people might have gone Moses Enriques in round one. You would have won against Philippi. But the, the, the thing is, is that going these obvious ones in round one, Philippi wasn't far behind Enriques. Enriques was the pod captain. Philippi was the obvious, you know, VC and C. And he got close enough, you know, and in the next round, Matt Short might have got the highest score, but Rashid was was second. So in this round, I think you could have gone the pod route in, you know, uh, Stoin or, uh, you know, Nathan Kultanile or Zampa, you know, but you always figured that Maxwell would be there and abouts, you know, he'd be top two, you, you know, whoever it was that you went as a C, you know, so I think he was probably sticking out as the most obvious choice to go for VC, probably him in Dre Russ, I think, but um, look, Mitch Marsh and you know and the Big Show, they both turned it on, didn't they? And and Philippi, three big big options for teams. Um, look, you know, I heard some people float that to sell Philippi strategically, you know, and maybe grab an Inglis or you know Matty Wade in preparation because they have the double game round in six, the Hurricanes. But I just think that you've got probably one thing that you've been able to bank on for all three rounds so far, and that is Philippi. He looks in sensational form at the top of the order. He's a, he's a dead set awesome keeper, and his success rate, you know, you put him up against someone like a Munro, whose success rate, you know, he's probably three out of four innings fail, whereas Philippi's more like three out of four, he succeeds. You know, so he's a season-long hold, in my opinion. Um but and and the other thing too is that a lot of people will probably be trading out stars this week, and you know I think yes you know sell Stoinis yes sell Zampa yes sell Nathan Coulton I'll even yes sell Dreras, um, but maybe Maxwell's a hold you know he's got that nice BE again he looks like he's warmed up in the tournament, um, and you know though if you there's there's three bloody weapons to ha- to build your team around Philippi Mitch Marsh and Glad Maxwell you know so. Anyway, that's my opinion, but they lit up the BBL in round three. Um, look, Paris, Joel Paris was a popular cheapie for people, and he's actually been bowling, you know, bowling up a storm. Um, well, we knew that he was injury prone, didn't we? And unfortunately, he's picked up an injury. We'll have to wait for news on, you know, how long that is, but f- he didn't continue on the field, and he didn't bowl again in that game, so that's a worry. Um 
he, he's probably someone that we were all, if you started with him as a cheapie, you were very, very happy with his output and you were there holding him for their round six double. You might have to rethink your plans. Maybe he gets back in, you know, he's back and ready to go by round six and then you're laughing. But, um, you know, he's injured and it's going to be a watch to see how long he's, how long they say he's out for because that'll be a real blow to teams. Um, look, it's Finch. Hasn't it been a cryptic old wait for Finch and whether he's ready to go in the uh, Big Bash? It looks like, and he was on the uh, coverage, uh, said round four. You know, so he could be a nice old downgrade for people. Maybe this week you're getting rid of three stars. You might be getting rid of Joe. I'm a dunce Clark. <laughs> Two ducks in a bio, in a double game round. Goodness me, um, you might you you could get him down <laughs> to Finch. You might be getting rid of a Hughes who's returned down to cheapy price at forty two k. You know, you, there's going to be people that bring in Finch a hundred percent. You know, but he looks like he's going to be good to go for round four. If he is, I think he's probably a good. You know, this is a round where if you've already stashed a couple of scorches, you could make your third trade, you know, a strategic one to fix something in your team. It could be a Finch, it could be a Hales, you know, we'll talk about Hales. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, Finch will be going into some teams and hopefully he's ready to go uh, for round four. Um, Ollie Davies, he has returned to lower grades. Um, there's no specific word on when he'll be back into that team. Um now, who's going to go out when he comes into the team? I think that Jilks has shown a little more than Sam Whiteman. Um, it all just depends on when um, Ollie Davies is going to be ready to go. If he comes back like next round, uh, I think it's Whiteman that goes out. If he's another round or two away, Whiteman's got a couple more goes to show something, you know, and Jilks really, but I think that Jilks has his head in front at the moment. Um Curran and the back spasms. I mean, I think a lot of teams, you were banking on having a Curran there as a playable option in your team this week. If you're in the case of me, you had um, four uh, stars. So you're stashing a star on your bench. Um, and it's going to make your team a little thin if you've got to trade out two stars and hold two on the bench and, and get rid of Curran out of your team. Um, it's could go either way. And obviously, we've got a break between this last big bash round and the next one you know round four because we've got the day night test on so the next game's not till sunday so there's some a good portion of days for us to get news on current and how likely he is for the next game look their depth is pretty good you know the sixes so they might opt to rest him and that'll be a huge blow for teams and i know particularly for my team it's a little thin if i take current out of my team as an option for this next round i kind of needed him you know, so that I didn't have, you know, I'm, I'm having to play probably Jilks and bloody Hughes. At least he got to 21 this week. I was celebrating that on your Hughes. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're having to play these cut price, you know, smelly options, unfortunately. And I was banking on current and a lot of teams will be banking on current. Um, Steve O'Keefe, you know, he had started the tournament really well. He often does that. You know, a lot of people would have picked him up as a pod. He's been scoring well. Um, he's done the calf and it looks like he was hobbling quite badly. And so I don't know that he's going to be right to go anytime soon, but that's obviously a watch and see. Um, Mills, you know, if that game is moved to uh, Hobart, I think that he looms as a, a really great option for teams. The price is right. He's coming off a, a you know, a ton in recent games, you know, so... 
Um, I think he's going to be a great option for teams. Okay, so let's go through the scores um, for the double game round and who succeeded, who failed. We know that Maxi, we've already covered that, 237. He was the highest scorer for the round and the best captain and VC option. Number two, it might surprise you, was Couch, Brody Crouch, the cheapy. Mate, hasn't he been a great buy? He looks like he's really on form, has earned his way into that team. He's bowling with, you know, some good venom out there. He's, he's a wicket taker. Uh, and, you know, he's been a great pickup for people who grabbed him as the cheapie. You had a playable option this week, and he didn't score badly this week as well. A 59 and a 40. It's not the best scoring in the world, but 99. Total points over a double game round of, out of a player, you'll take it. He got the second highest score. It probably says more about the stars outside of Maxi than anything really. But he's been a great little cheapie for people. Number three was Dre Russ. Now, after game one, where he was just smacking it out of the ground, you thought that Dre Russ might be, you know, superb option for teams. Look, he came in at third with a 95, and that's after a 76 super coach points in round one. So it wasn't much for Dre Russ in the second game, 19. I think a lot of it hinges on him being able to bat you know, at least five overs or four overs. And he, he didn't get that in this game because Maxi went off and he didn't get much in the way of batting time. Dre Russ and the bowling, you know, he gets smacked around a bit and he doesn't really get the economy rate bonus and he doesn't really look like a wicket taker, unfortunately. So I think that Dre Russ is a weapon, but he's a weapon batter. He's a pretty poor all-rounder, really, from what we're seeing in this big bash, especially on the bowling side of it. So... Dre Russ has got two more games left before he's out of the Big Bash. I think he's been an excitement, you know, to have in the Big Bash, but I think he he's easily a trade. I would hold Maxwell and trade Dre Russ because he's just, you know, if he could bowl and bat, he would bowl as well as he bats <laughs> or even, you know, get some points. Most of his games, he's getting zero points in his bowling, you know. So, um, but anyway, he was a third in that round. Fourth was uh, Kaysam Ed. You know, he is 2.1% owned. Uh, and he got an 83. You know, it's not anything to write home about, but and a pity that second game was only two points, but he's an 83, which is still, you know, a serviceable score. And Cardi, you know, 10.1% people uh, own Cartwright. Uh, 42 and four, sorry, 48 and 23 for a total of 71. It's not sensational reading, but, um, you know, it was better than some of the more popular fancied options. Now, there has to be a chance, surely, with how stinky Joe Clark is that maybe there's a change in the order and they, they open with Cartwright. I know that Hussey said into last game, you know, Clark's a champion and, you know, it's a bit like that in Big Bash. Well, double ducks in a double game round. I think um, Sandeep Lamashani has more runs as a batter in this tournament than Joe Clark, the wonderful international opening batter. Uh, you know, wow. And he's, you know, and he's keeping as well. He's a keeper points should pump him up. I think this round he got 20 odd points and that was all keeping because obviously he got ducks. Um, you know, if you've got Cardi, you know, maybe you keep your ear to the floor and see if there's a change in that order. I know that Joe Burns comes back into the team. I don't expect that Clark's going to be dropped just because he's a keeper. They probably need him for keeping, you know, but whether he goes in that order, you know, I think that that could be subject to change. Could. You know, they may just keep persisting with him, Joe Clark. I think I'm reserved to holding Joe Clark and just having him on my bloody bench, you know, waiting for the wonderful... Mar- I will celebrate 
like I just won the Olympics, <laughs> you know, the Olympics 2000, if bloody Joe Clark comes off <laughs> in one of these games. Um, all right, so let's go to the bad. Uh, Webster, obviously, he was the lowest scorer of the round. He was 1.8% owned, and that surprises me. <laughs> I thought he would be low, lower than that, point something, but he scored 14 total for the round. Um, number two was Joe Clark, my... He's going to take the big bash by storm. Idiot, Adrian. 20 points total. A 20 and a zero in the second game. 10.7% of us are idiots who had Joe Clark and two ducks in the double game round. I don't want to be any more nasty than that. Uh, number three was Larkin, 5.2. He was their man of the match and top scorer in the game, the round before. But it didn't come off for him in this uh, round. Six and a 23 for a total of 29 points. Unfortunate for those 5.2%. Look, let's get into some of the fancier names. Number four was Stoin. Stoin is bad only. He's not bowling, is he? And, you know, 47% of teams own Stoin. And that's the thing. You know, two... Well, well, not really fails. He looked pretty good in the first game, didn't he? But he 31 points, got dismissed, and three points in the second round. Um, I think Stoin's a sell. You're going to have to sell stars this week, and I think you know you take the loss in money and you sell Stoin. Um, number five was Zampa. I brought in Zampa. Oh, you know, just on pedigree and the fact that he won them the last game on the last ball, I thought that Zampa was in for a good game. But look, I think that Zampa is a is a victim of Glenn Maxwell not being a very good captain. You know, he makes some really odd calls, particularly when the stars are fielding in their bowling changes uh, and how, how they play the game. I think that the stars would win more games if they used their bowlers in the best part, parts of the game, you know, especially where the bowlers are better over their career, where they bowl. You know, I think he uses Zampa in just weird, weird ways. And I don't think that Glenn Maxwell, you know, as a captain, you know, he's kooky. He's a little bit kooky, and I don't think it's working for them. Anyway, so uh, Zampa, he didn't do very well this game, or this round. Five in the first round, I was absolutely sad as. You know, and only a 37 in the second game. 42 total points for Zampa. He is a massive sell. Uh, And Nathan Coulton-Isle. You know, 8.3% brought in Nathan coulton a proven performer. You know, but there was always that risk that he bats behind uh, Dre Russ. We probably thought that he'd do better in the bowling, just quietly. But 22 and 22 for a total of 44 points. It was a disappointing double game round, you know, for uh, Nathan coulton 8.3%, and he's a sell, 100%. Um, look... Other great scores in the round, Alex Ross. You know, I think that he's probably got too expensive for you now, but isn't he braining it this tournament? He, If you've got Alex Ross in your team, I don't know how many, what percent, he turned up again this week. He's absolutely bludgeoning the ball. It's a bit like Matt Shaw. You just can't believe it. You know, some of us might have got on Matt Shaw, but I'm sure less of us got on, um, you know, Alex Ross. Probably because he's not got the double game around, but I think you, the ship probably sailed. Um... Sanger, the bowler, 88. Good score by him. I think he's a good option for teams. I like him as a bowler. I think he's a good uh, option. You know, well, you know, a good player. And I think he's a wicket taker. Baisley, 104. He's been, you know, doing better than Lynn. You know, the fancied options at Mujib. Um, if you were someone who went with, you know, Baisley in round one, you probably have unlikely to have sold him. Maybe you have. Um, but. You certainly, you know, now that we're heading into round four, you would hold him for the round six double where the Heat have the double. 
Heaslet, 84. Um, you know, I think that Heaslet has got to be putting Maxie Bryant, who's mate, Max Bryant. It's the same thing year after year after year with that bloke, isn't it? I mean, he's don't change your style, Max. You know, just come out and take the game on because you trying to rein it in, it's you're not very good at it, you know. So just go out and play your natural game. Same with Lynn, you know, and it's really coming at a price to the Brisbane Heat. But there's got to be a chance, and they did this last year, they moved Bryant down the order, and they brought Heaslet, who respects his wick a little bit more. And, you know, he just, the flow of his game is a heck of a lot better. Um, if you're one of those people that own Heaslet, 84 this week, and I'd be keeping an eye out, um, he, he, he may be a chance of going and taking that opening spot, you know, from Maxi Bryant. Ben McDermott, he was sensational. 76, he did it in short time. He was absolutely smashing the ball out of the t- out of the ground. And look, you know, there's going to be fancied options for round six. Um, it's going to be, you know, short and weighed. And I think McDermott, a couple of smart people might get on him uh, for the double game round because he looked sensational. You know, I would rather in round six, I'm going to probably have four Hurricanes and maybe two Heat. I know that the Hurricanes have a bye coming up afterwards, so probably don't go any higher than that. Um, but I don't want to. I'd rather a McDermott than a Lynn. Um, Marsh, we know, 165, the big Bison. Uh, Time or Mills, 101. You know, if he plays both double game rounds, uh, if the game gets moved, I think he's looms. Looms is a great option for teams. Ashton Agar, 71. Um, you know, he probably deserved another wicket. He would have tunned up. Um, you know, he's going to be an option for teams just because of his price. And look, if he bowls his normal economical gear, you know, I think he's uh, and gets a wicket, he's 50. And he doesn't really get much in batting. If he grabs a couple of poles, it's up to 70. You know, I think he's a safe enough option for probably 40 to 50. You know, he's got two, he's got a 50 and a 70 and a fail so far. So um, 71 this round. Nathan Elvis, I think he's probably, you know, I don't know if Riley Meredith is available for round six, but if it's not him, you know, I think Ellis is their best bowler, 59. He's not. You know, he's consistent without being sensational. You know, all he needs is probably one more wicket, and he's into a good score, but he'll get you 50s. Um, Berendorf, 65. You know, I think that that's where he is. He's 50 and 60 type scorers. He's quite consistent. He's a left armor. He leads off the attack, and, you know, most notably, they're giving him some death overs, or well, a death over, you know, in here. So, in the past, you probably, you know, would take a tie ahead of Berendorf because you'd say tie tie bowls the death overs and that's where the wickets are but Berendorf's getting a go and you know he's scoring well so I think you know people will grab tie probably you know they might grab Mills and I think that Berendorf's probably a sneaky option you know for teams if the budget's uh, you know suits um Zahir Khan hasn't he been a great little uh, option for teams I know that Maxi Brighton grabbed uh Zahir Khan and he's a wicket taker isn't he he's got 66 again this week and not a bad score in so far uh Mac Harvey opening the batting 96 he got a good score he's compiling um a lot of runs you know he's probably I don't know for the fit of the game I feel like maybe he might have batted a little slower than required but you know 96 is a good score Philippi we know he is a set and forget you know player in your team 159 and on single game rounds, you know, he probably, if they play the early game, or if your captain's playing after the sixes, you know, you could easily 
you know, his success rate's great. You could put a VC on Philippi. Um, I put Hughes in the good scores. <laughs> Dan Hughes with a 21. Sensational, mate. That's his top score of the year. I love you. Love you, Hughes. I'm going to probably just hold him all year. Big Dan. Um, look, the notable stinkers, Whiteman. I think his job is under threat. Four points. Jilks, who I think is ahead of <laughs> Whiteman, failed also. Seven points. He did better the round before. Hales, 38. You know, it's not a terrible score, but he is 115k now. So, you know, realistically, that's a pretty easy jump from some of this dead wood you've got on your bench. I've got a Kuhneman there, and for 30k, I can get him to a Hales and have Hales set up on my bench every game ready for some magic, you know, if he comes off and loop him into my team. I think he's ripe for the picking now. You know, we talk about Hales at the start of the year and we say pick the right times to grab Hales. When he goes into these runs or when the price is right, well, you're there now. The price is right. Well, let's cover this. His B is still 66 going into this round four. You might want to go hard, hard, hard at um, Scorchers, particularly if you don't have a couple stashed on the bench. Um, but... You know, if you're looking for people this week, you know, if Finch is available, he's a 60K option. But if you can swing the extra money, you know, I think that Hales is ripe for the picking now. It could be a little pod move that you're making your teams because the price is just, you know, that's cheap for Hales and we know what he can do. You know, so it's going to be this round or next round, I think, you know, with the 66 BE. Um, but he's looming as, you know, the right time to buy him. Um, Tom Abel, you know, I had a little sneaky eye on him, the all-rounder, and we had had big wraps on him, you know, for the round six because I was probably not cold, but I'm, I'm not warm, you know, on Majib and Lin, you know, so I was looking at him and I haven't really seen much, and I don't until I, if you know, he's only got a couple of rounds to show me that he's in anything that you want in your team, and he hasn't so far. Uh, nine points, Duckett, nah, no good. Eleven, um, Brian, we already talked about him, Maxi Brian, oh mate. 28. Majib, 38. You know, he's going to probably, you know, he was a big option for teams in round one. 30s over the two games. He's averaged 30s, you know, for the whole tournament. He looks like he's an economy bowler who, you know, it doesn't look like it's huge wicket-taking ability um, this tournament. And I'm sure he's going to be traded in probably because his price is coming down. I haven't gone completely cold on Majib, but I'm I'm not as hot. And going into that double game round, you know, I just as soon go, you know, is Stackity going to be back into the team? Um, you know, maybe you take one of those cut price, you know, bowlers. Uh, because, uh, you know, Majib, maybe he's not the premium option this year. Certainly, we know that he's capable of it, but so far it's been 30s as an average. And I think he's, you know, he's, I'm not going... I'm not cold, but I'm going, going cold. Uh, Sutherland, 10 points. He's got to be under threat in that team. Jake, uh, James Seymour, um, 8 points. I think when Finch is in, I think he's top of the pops to go out of that team. He really hasn't shown much, unfortunately, after that first game. Um, and I think he's really under threat in teams. Um, Darcy Short, 34. He's going to be looming as an option for people for around 6. Look, Darcy, he looks like he's a shadow of his former self when it comes to batting and unfortunately bowling as well. Um, I don't think he's, I mean, his average going into last round was 60. He's probably going to take a hit, hit to that. I think it's, I haven't looked at it in the 50s, but that's it. It's 50s because he bowls and he bats. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, look, we wait for it to click, you know, but 
him not clicking is still 50 points. You know, he's not looking confident with the bat, but he's still compiling some runs. And the bowling, you know, is not as good as I've seen in past years. But, you know, it's going to be Wade. It's going to be Short. It's going to be McDermott. You know, I, don't, I don't know with the bowlers, you know, people that are, you know, it was probably Paris and maybe Lamachane, you know, that you were looking for in bowlers. But, you know, short, you know, the price could be right. Wade, it didn't come off for him this game, but he's still, that's probably going to keep his pricing control. Four points from him, but I'd just as soon take Wade because he just seems a little bit more confident. The batting seems like it's a little bit more together than short, and I think that Wade's going to be, you know, he's going to be benefit for you to get him into your team as soon as you can. Um, Harry Brook, you know, he was tipped to be probably out of the Englishman, you know, the all-rounder types, Probably one of the best, you know, but nothing much from good old Harry. Uh, 11 points. Um, Karen with the back spasms too. Um, unfortunate. And we've got to keep an eye on um, whether he's going to be available for the next game. Because another poor score, Dan Christian, 20. Uh, maybe he gets a little shot in the arm for his role, which hasn't been great in that team if Curran's not available. Dwarshus in his first game back, he got the tonk a little bit from Maxwell. Um, 26 in that last round. I really liked Dwarshus as a player. He got a wicket. That was pretty much it for his scoring. Um, you know, there you go. Um, Vince, you know, he was a popular option in this first round. I don't think many people would have him in, in their team. Nine points, unfortunately, for owners of him. Uh, look, the next question uh, we'll move into is around the double game round in round four, um, which is a Facebook question I got. Uh, in there from Matthew, um, who do I like for the double game round in round four? Well, it's real simple. Mitch Marsh is number one. You know, I think he's going to be the number one captain for the round. He looks like he's very much in form. He didn't even bowl in that last game with his big towering 150. Um, and he did say, you know, he is there as the sixth bowler um, and hopefully he can roll the arm over. That would be good if he did. Um, but look, just on batting alone, he's an absolute weapon. You know, so, and he's a gun fielder. Um, number one, get him in. Now, my personal opinion is that if... Uh, the game gets moved to Hobart. Tymor Mills is number two on the list. I think that he's a much improved bowler. Tunned up this week. He's got some wheels on him. You know, he's a wicket taker. He bowls in good parts in their game. Uh, and I think the price is right. You know, so I really like Mills. I'll probably, I've already got Marsh. And number one target for me will be Mills. I'll bring Mills in. Um, look, number two, I'm going to say is AJ Ty. I think AJ Ty has been scoring well this year. Uh, I think his parts of the game that he bowls in are very good. Um, and I think that he probably, you know, there's a choice. People will be picking either him, um, Berendorf, you know, and maybe um, Mills. You know, I put Mills ahead of all, of all of them if you're only picking up one. But I like Ty, you know, because I've already got Mitch Marsh, I might grab Time or Mills and, and uh, AJ Ty. You know, that might be the two that I bring in. Um, look, number three, I'm going to put it as a tentative because I don't think that the Scorchers should have opened with Curtis Patterson. I think he should be batting at number four and Inglis should be batting at opener. You know, that might be something that happens in the lead-in to the next game because KP has really not, apart from that original start where he looked sensational, he hasn't fired a shot since. So I think Inglis is the opener. They need him at open, and he's an absolute gun wicketkeeper. He's done some pretty tidy work at keeper there. If he 
opens, I put him next on the list. Um, number three, because I love him as a player. I think he's a form player. I think he's more consistent than Munro. You know, and also he's got the wicket keeping there. I don't like him at four, but I like him at one. So if he's picked at one, I'll be bringing him into my team. I'll go Mills and I'll go Inglis because the price is right. He's a keeper, so you get that fallback for keeper points. Um, and I think he's more consistent than Munro. But look, let's put Munro and Berendorf next on the list. Look, Berendorf, he'll be under the radar. Left armor, he, you know, leads off in their bowling attack. He, he usually, you know, he's... He really challenges the bat. He's always, you know, miserly in his figures, and he can take a wicket, you know. And the other bonus for him is that they're starting to bowl him more towards the end of the game as well. So I think he's a good option for teams. And obviously, Agar, yeah, he might be the third option that you bring in if you're bringing in three scorches. The price is right. You know, he probably doesn't always get a bat, and if he does, it's not really little setting the world alight. But he bowls good economy, and if he gets a wicket, he'll be 50. If he gets a couple of wickets, he'll be 70. It's as simple as that. Um, I think he's safe enough. You know, he's got two out of three good scores you know, this year so far. Um, he'll be an option for teams. Who are ones that I am cold on? Look, I'm not cold on Munro. I think a lot of people are going to bring him in. Um, you know, Munro, it's sort of hit and miss. You know, And I think um, last round before this one, it hit. It hit. You know, and in a game, double game round, he's likely to come off in one of those two games, probably. But his success rate is one from three. You know, and I just, he's no Philippi, is he? You know, for consistency. Um, and, you know, I've always been, I'm, I'm a big fan of Josh Inglis as a cricketer. So I'd probably just as soon hang my hat on Inglis in the double game round, you know, rather than the inconsistent Colin Munro. But he's not a bad option. I've got him in the middle. You know, I've got others. I'd rather get AJ Ty because I can bank on him a little bit more than Munro. Um, you know, and Mills, who can ton up. He tunned up in last game. And I really liked what I saw from him. I'm going to put him ahead in the options as well. You know, me, for personal opinion, I'm going to put Inglis ahead. But I certainly would not think you're a weirdo, you know, bringing in Munro. But he's probably going to be someone I fade and I hope for the fail, you know, Munro. Um, Laurie Evans, even though he was good in the last game, I just don't think his role is good enough in the team. Sometimes he's not going to get a bat. He doesn't look like he's going to get a bowl either. So he's might have scored okay last round, but he's not for me. Hats of glue. Look, you know, I'm neither there nor or here, you know, on Hats of glue. I just think that maybe, depending on conditions, he might come out of that team. Um, and look, you can get you can get Agar for cheaper. I prefer him because he is rock solid in that team. Um, so I'm not going to go for hats of glue. Kelly, I can't believe, you know, he, he went out of that team based on how well he's done so far and owners would be absolutely spewing, you know, uh, if Mills was missing for game one, cause he couldn't go into WA, I'm sure it would be Kelly that came into the team and, you know, it's almost worth just playing him even if he gets one game, um, because he's a really good performer, but, uh, I don't know. I just don't think the, posi the position it terrifies me. I don't know if he's going to play from game to game. And, you know, if you've already got him in your team, just wait and see if a team list and see if he gets a run. But if he gets a run, you just can't bank on it being two games in a row as well. So um, Ashton Turner, no. The bowling, he was bowling right arm, big, juicy pies. He's not... The bowling doesn't work in the big bash, unfortunately. And, you know, where he's coming into bat, um, you know, it hasn't really clicked for him. If it does, you know, he could be a real pod 
a loose pod for you, but, um, you know, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in Ashton Turner. Um, and I'm not interested in Curtis Patterson. I know he's opening. Um, I just get a feeling that's going to change to where it was just such an odd thing for me to see, um, you know, the change in the order and, you know, with Inglis coming in and Marsh, and Marsh goes down to four and they stay with Curtis Patterson. It's probably because of the hot start, but... Oh, if Inglis goes to the top of the order, he looms as a great, great option, you know, with the wicket-keeping as well. Um, and, you know, that makes me not be interested in Curtis Patterson. But look, if he opens, but phew, I just, I'm not, I'm not happy with his consent. I never really fancied him as a big bash player, just quietly. So he's not for me. Um, look, someone really... Um, a good listener put in a question for me. Can you go through, you know, the top 20 players and give me a yay or nay on whether you think they're still good options for teams? Because obviously we're moving into rounds where you can do a bit of moving, you know, a trade strategy wise, we're obviously going to go scorches. You know, some of us might have a couple of scorches on the bench already. We might bring in two more and then we can make a strategic move like hails, a cheap cut price, perfect, you know, the picking hails, or we can make other strategic moves to get players into our team. Um, you know, round five, there's no team on the double game round. That's a great round to start fixing up stakes on your bench. And obviously, you'll be bringing in Hurricanes and Heat players because double, double game round in round six. But you probably have an opportunity in the next few rounds to make some changes in your team. So I will answer that question for my listener. And I'll go and have a look at the top 20 players real quickly. And I'll tell you what I think of them. I want to do it on averages. Um averages um number one obviously Mitch Marsh has the best average came in scored a 165 I think he's a must-have for the double game round in round four and you know I'm going to get Mitch into my team and he's going to probably stay there for the whole year I love him as an option I thought he was a great option when before the season started and my opinion on that has not changed he was a world cup (laughs) hero and I think he's actually just the pennies dropped and he's in absolutely sublime you know form Josh Philippi, you know, he's the second best averaging, averaging over 107, 107.3 for Philippi. His success rate is outstanding. Um, no, I would not trade Philippi. He, he's someone you can absolutely bank on in your team. And I want him there every single round, you know, that I can have him in. So I'm not going to trade him. Um, Tymel Mills, he's only had the one game, hasn't he? But he got a 101. You know, I think that he looks a great, great improved bowler, you know, doing... You know, in the World Cup before he got injured, he was that death sort of, you know, lead bowler for the English. And I think, you know, he's a he's an absolute, you know, f- deep, deep, you know, further along in his journey. A much better bowler than he was when he played for the Hurricanes. So I think he's a great option for the double game round in round four. Um, and the price is really good. Um, Alex Ross, hasn't he been an absolute surprise? <laughs> what a surprise. Oh, no, hang on. It's not uh, Alex Ross. It's Matthew Short, 89.3. Um, look, a lot of us last week were selling probably strikers. And in my case, I sold Garten before I sold Matt Short. Um, look, he might be in the game as bat only, but he is bowling. You know, he's bowling a couple of overs and he's opening the batting and he's opening with venom. You know, so... 
Matt Short's at 130k. You know, there's every likelihood that you could probably change a Matt Short to a 180k player soon, and you probably fairly confidently can play him in your in your team. You certainly are going to be playing him in your team this week, averaging 89.3. I don't know if it's going to keep going, but much like the next player on the list, Alex Ross, averaging 78.3. He's one that slipped through the cracks, probably because he's a double game. You know, there was no double game around you know, for the Thunder early on. But if you got on board him, you know, he's been absolutely smacking the ball. He he just centering every every hit, you know, he looks sensational. <laughs> I just him and Ross and, and Short, I just didn't expect it. I probably thought Short because they had the double game round early and his price was good. Um but, you know, he's f- completely <laughs> taken me by surprise. The old Alex Ross. One game for Ben McDermott, 76. He was hitting some towering, towering hits. Um, look, he'll be somebody I'll be targeting for the de- double game round in round six. I'd just as soon take him at three, you know, ahead of Lynn opening. Um, I really like him. You know, the price is probably going to be hard. It's going to be hard to bring Matty Wade, Darcy Short, and Ben McDermott in there. You know, Ben McDermott costs 168000 So maybe the budget doesn't allow for it. Matthew Kelly, 73. He's averaging in his two games, but he's missed the team, hasn't he? Um, and the job security is an issue. So he would be a no for me just because that wobbly old job security. Glenn Maxwell, averaging 72.8. Look, it's like Maxwell's warmed up you know, to the tournament, and probably leading into this round, people were thinking, all right, I'm going to trade stars next week, I'm going to get rid of Maxwell, that gives me good money to trade to blah, 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 Maxwell's probably a hold, isn't he, you know, you're going to sell other players this week, maybe you have to sell Curran if he doesn't get up for the next game, but Stoinis a sell, Zampa a sell, Nathan Coulton-Isle a sell, and even uh, Dre Russ I would sell, and I would hold Maxwell, you know, Dre Russ has only got two more games left, and, you know, Maxwell is you know, easily outscoring him. Maxwell's bowling and he's batting and he's a gun fielder. So it's as simple as that. You would hold him in your team. Uh, Moises and Reeks averaging 71.3. Look, you know, Moises had a hot start to the tournament. He was the best score you could have got in round one. And it's sort of petering out a little bit since then. Oh, he's not for me. I think he was a great, astute choice for the opening round. Um, But, you know, is he, do you want him now? Maybe look, he's, he looks like he's in really good batting form. You know, he's probably more bankable than a lot of others, but he costs 210k. So if you don't have Moises Enriques, I would not buy him. You know, as simple as that. Zayi Khan, hasn't he been a surprise packet? 68.7. Maxi Bryden, you know, got him into his team from the old Playbook podcast. And, you know, he's, uh, it was an astute pick. Because Zahir Khan's a wicket taker and he's been scoring very consistently. Um, you probably missed the boat on him. He's 147k now, where he was under 100k. Um, Kane Richardson, he's a premium option, you know, and he doesn't fail to deliver. You know, 37 last game was probably his low, his floor, but he's averaging 66.7, you know, per round. He's 175 thousand now and like i said when you're looking at you know fixing up some things on your team or making strategic moves in round five um you know some people might bring in kane richardson you know he's a consistent scorer you know 56 107 37 you would take all of those as scores look he's at 175,000. he's got a 30s b so you know you're probably you know, start going up after this week, you'd think, based on what he normally does. Um, look, George Garten, wasn't it a shock in the double game round that he got rested even though they were going even though they were going into an eleven day rest? 
It's so surprising. And it absolutely threw a spanner in teams, you know, unfortunately. He's averaging 66. A lot of people were selling, you know, uh, strikers. And it was probably Garten that you sold and you probably held Matt Short based on BE. Um, and you know, their roles both look good in the team. They're both likely to bat and they're both likely to bowl. You know, Garten bowls his four overs. Um, he hasn't really shown a lot with the bat. But I think that people would have taken, you know... Um, Matt Short ahead of George Garton, but I don't mind George Garton, and I really, just because of my funds in my team, I had to sell one of them, you know, and uh, it was, I sold with regret. <laughs> Mac Harvey uh, opening the batting, I think he's secured that spot in that team, he's averaging 65.3, he's at 136,000 now with a 20 break even, so you've probably... Um, missed him. He's in 4% of teams, but people are reaping the benefits of going and taking a punt on him. Andrew Ty, I think he's one of those good options for the next round, averaging 64.3. Um, he didn't do as well this game, but it's a 46. You know, I think in a double game round, I can't see him not getting at least 40, so you'll get out of there with 80s, you know, from him in the double game round. It's 160k you're going to be paying for him. Um, and the average at the moment is 64.3. I think he's a good option for teams. It's, it's, he's irrelevant, obviously, because of the double game round four. Um, and I like him. Xavier Bartlett, hasn't he been a surprise packet? We thought he was going to be a good option for teams at the start of the year because his price was good. And we thought he was not going to be X-factored out of that team. Um, and he's proven, you know, that he's a, he's a really good player. You know, bowling and batting tonking some runs at the end of the innings he's averaging 63 now nisa is a chance obviously missing that test of coming back into that team in the heat and so is um Steckity. so you know that would be a light worry that you know maybe bartlett goes out of the team um but if you've got bartlett you've know, been reaping the benefits of his score at his price rises he's up to 138k now um you know, they're coming up on a double game round in round six. So, you know, if he's selected to play this round, you might want to just ride him, you know, one more week and just play it by year each week. He's still got a minus six BE. Um, so, you know, with this around six double looming and you've already got him in your team, that's one heat play that you've already got already. And if he survives, just say they bring in Steckity and, um, you know, Nisa and they pull out, you know, the rookie, you know, um, you know, it could be Baisley, although Baisley's been performing really well as well. You know, so it's not known 100% sure whether he survives. But at the moment, you know, just on BE, if he gets selected this week, I'd still keep him in my team. Sam Heaslett, 61.7, he's averaging. And look, I don't like him as a buy if he stays where he is in that team. You know, then again, the heat just collapsed so often in the batting that he always gets a bat. And he respects his wicket you know, a bit more than, you know, some of the preferred options. Um, you know, I think he's owned fairly reasonably. You know, I think he's got some, you know, a, a few people took a tickle on Heaslet. Um, and with that round six looming, um, what if he, they do what they did last year, you know, and Heaslet goes to open, I think you're onto a winner. He's 126,000. Uh, and if he takes that opening spot from Bryant, he's in 6% of teams, you know, he, he, <laughs> You'll look like a genius, you Heaslet owners, if you keep him in your team. Uh, all right, now we're moving. Steve O'Keefe, he started the year with the hot hands, averaging 60. Um, you know, you probably, you know, you took what you got from Steve O'Keefe and he would have been someone that you sold. I, I don't think he's an option for you now uh, because 
you know, there was the double game round is why people would have taken a punt on him. And he's injured. You know, he's had that calf injury. He looked like he was hobbling pretty badly. Um, and I don't think we're going to see him in the next game. So I think that he's a real candidate for selling. Unfortunately, Sock, um, 11% of people own him. You know, but you Sock's 171k. So you've got yourself good money to play with. Sean Abbott, uh, averaging 59.5. Um, you know, that was one game. You know, so he has his score averaged over the two games in the double game round, I think, because um, he tunned up, so that was divided over two games. So really he's played one game you know, for 100 and, uh, 119, um, and he's had the birth of his child, so he's going to be coming back into the game. And you know, we talk about these strategic players that you want to bring into your team. Go Steve-O-Keefe to Sean Abbott. <laughs> he's a premium option, and I can see him being someone I target big time for my team uh, for the run home. Now, he's just a, such a good good bowler. And, you know, if he gets to come in, you know, in Tonkson runs in the batting, um, you know, I think he's a great option. He's always been a great performer uh, in Big Bash Supercoach. You know, so I want him in my team. Jason Berendorf, the big dwarf, uh, averaging 59.3. That's his wheelhouse. He's very consistent. Uh, and 150K, he's 10K cheaper than Ty. So Mills, Ty, Berendorf. You know, in this double game round, I'm going to lean towards bowlers. I might, you know, not go uh, Munro, maybe not an Inglis. Um, maybe I'll go the bowlers. Maybe I'll bring in a Mills and a tie uh, and a Berendorf. You know, I'm probably more likely to go, you know, a Mills, tie and an Inglis if he gets the opening spot. Um, but if it's Munro, who's, you know, a bit of a yo-yo, maybe I'll go Berendorf. Mr. Consistency, and he is bowling death overs, you know, well, a death over, uh, as well as his normal fare, which he's very good at as well, opening. You know, the bowling. Um, number 20 on the list is Matty Way, averaging 59. Uh, and that was obviously started with the hot hands, didn't he? He was fantastic in that first game in the Big Bash, a four in the next game. You know, but what we can say about Matty Way, this is not going to come off every game, but he looks to me like he's a heck of a lot more confident in his batting than uh, Darcy Short. You know, so I think that the. Matty Wade's got to be an option. You know, he's he's a good keeper and he's keeping, so you get that fallback of keeping. Um, and, you know, he's someone I'm going to bring in for round six. You know, I'm going to probably go heavy on the Hurricanes and less uh, heavy, you know, on the Brisbane Heat. Um, and I think he's a great option. There's the top 20, you know, what I think. You know, we go down there's some interesting names after that. Baisley, you know, if you had him, I'd hold him, you know, <laughs> waiting for round six. Dan Worrell, you know, probably not now because their double game round's gone. Tanvir Sanger, averaging 56.3. I like him, 136,000. Uh, um, but anyway, we won't go further. <laughs> but hopefully that gives you an idea. You know, some of them, their time was already passed, you know, I think. And some of them, their time is now. And some of them are sort of finished team type options like Sean Abbott, you know, in my opinion. Um you know, but hopefully that gives you a thought on them. Another question I've got in here is how many am I going into the double game round, round four? Look, you know, this isn't a, a unique um, double game round because the Scorchers don't go into the bye directly after. So, you know, law of averages or, you know, logically we think that people are going to probably hit it harder. People probably have one, maybe two stashed on this bench you know of scorches so even if let's just assume they've got two scorches on their bench and they bring in three scorches they've got five scorches you know people are going to go with five maximum and i think more people are going to have four they've probably got one scorcher on their bench and they bring in three this week and they go in with four you know i've got agar and i've got marsh 
and I'll probably grab you know definitely two um, into my team. But a lot of it hinges on current you know being available or not, uh, and also it depends on the budget. You know, so for me, maybe it is a Kuderman who's a non-player in there for 80k, um, and I can get Hales into my team, put him on the bench, and hope for some X-factor Hales scores. But you know, it's either going to be four or five. You know, that I go into that double game round. Um, you know. Time will tell. You know, we've got four days between, um, you know, now and the next round. You know, we've got the day-night cricket uh, Ashes test. How good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but there's no Big Bash till Sunday. So you can think about these trades. Um, you can get some news. I mean, obviously, we want news on Curran. We want news on confirmation for Finch. Um, you know, if Finch comes in and you were re- relying on, you know, Seymour for a score this week, well, you know, you've got to rethink your plans because I think he's right on the chopping block to go out of that team. So he's going to be an NPR and you're not going to get a score from him. Um, well, you know, it was a interesting round, isn't it? You know, we've got teams, our super coach team is either half of our team scoring okay or, or really well and the rest of it's all single digits. It's a bit of a funny old year, um, you know, but stick in there you know i went from eighteen thousand down to thirteen thousand into three thousandth and hopefully next week i can get to the top thousand you know oh, my team's looking thin for next round as well though but you know i think if you stick with it you you know it's not over yet it's only three rounds in and if you nail that captain choice you can really shoot up the ranks good luck guys into round four have a good think and have a play with some of the combos make the trades and then reverse them see who you like you know i've gone through the list of who i like for the round but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know Munro's a great option you know he turned up in recent game he looked fantastic you just got to hope for one of those and it's a little bit of sort of guessing always when you bring in these um x-factor players but look we always talk about role in the team, and unless you're Joe Clark or Dan Hughes, the role counts. And Munro is going to stay in that opener spot, you know. So he's every chance of scoring well in the game, you know. I just if it's Inglis that joins him at the top of the order, I prefer Inglis, you know. So think about the players that you want. Um, there's a lot of good options, I think, from the Scorchers, particularly bowlers. They've taken, you know, wickets, all the wickets in multiple games. They've got a good bowling outfit, so it bodes well for wickets and for, you know, their bowling. You know, they put a lot of pressure on teams, so I think there's some good options. You know, Inglis, Munro, good options. Mitch Marsh, a good option. Um, lots of bowlers are good options. I think there's you can easily get five or six good options out of the Scorchers. So, you know, have a think about it. Uh, good luck into the next round. I hope you had a good round last round. Uh, and we will talk to you at the completion of round four. What a score. Maxwell brings the big show and the big bison, Mitch Marsh. Scores a huge one. Oh my goodness. We're heading into a round four double again. Lots of good options from the Scorchers. Good luck and I hope you bring in the correct ones and you shoot up the ladder some more. Thanks guys. We'll talk to you again at the end of round four.